Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. Are you maturing as a Blue Jeans Christian? I hope so. We're doing a series on how to mature as a Christian and how to do that in your job, too. Today's episode, we're going to talk about another Christianese term to help you. And that term is being salt, or how to be salty. (laughs) Jesus used that term. What does it mean? Well, today I'm going to give six specific meanings to the allegory, you are salt of the earth, that Jesus said. And we're going to discuss how to practically apply each one of those to your life to help you grow and to be a witness for Christ, to actually be salt like Jesus wants you to be. And he told us that in his world-famous speech (laughs) called the Sermon on the Mount. It began in Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. And then he went right into talking about you are to be salt of the earth. Let me read that. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You, and when Jesus says you, I'm pretty sure he's meaning you who are listening, (laughs) okay? So, listening to him then and listening to me read it now. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Well, hopefully we don't want to be good for nothing. Part of maturing as a Christian is being more and more useful for Jesus, making an impact for him and enhancing his kingdom. And when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, he wants you to be salty because he says, if you lose your saltiness, you're worthless. And you don't want to be worthless to Jesus, right? (laughs) I hope not. I know I sure don't, because I actually love Jesus a whole lot, and I want to please him. And I want to be a good servant of his, and I want him to choose me for some good jobs when we get to heaven. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be working for him when we get to heaven, and our resume will come from what we're doing for him here on this side of eternity, what we're doing here for him. So being salty is a part of that. There are six specific meanings or allegories used here that Jesus wants us to understand. The first one is that salt adds flavor. Or to be a little bit better at Explaining that, it enhances the existing flavor. Even if there's very little flavor at all, you know, like in potatoes, sometimes eggs, it's so much better when you can add salt to it. It just really brings out the flavor and makes it enjoyable. Enjoyable to the full, as Jesus said in John 10.10. Hey, wait a minute. Did that apply to food? (laughs) Well, I think so. Because Jesus wants us to be salt and to enhance and to add flavor. That's what Jesus did when he came here and still doing now through us is enhancing the things around us. Is the boring and mundane place where you work enhanced by you? Do you enhance your 
place of employment? Would folks say that about you? That when you're sick, they miss you? It's really boring around the job site without you? Well, I hope so. That's kind of what Jesus is wanting you to be, is a joy to be around. You enhance. You make the others work better. You help them to be better. You bring out the best in them. Do you do that? Try to do that. Try and bring out the best in those around you. Try and bring out the best type of work that they produce by you being a really good worker first and a joy to be around, having a good, joyous attitude. Next, salt preserves. It keeps things from getting bad or getting rotten, right? piece of jerky can last a whole long time because it's got a lot of salt in it. Otherwise, it gets icky, moldy, rancid, rotten. So you being there keeps things from getting bad or getting worse or deteriorating or turning rotten. I know that there have been many times when I've walked through the shop and there have been guys telling a bad joke or telling about their whatever they did over the weekend that was not pleasant, even using quite foul language. But when I walk by, they change. They change their story. They change the words they use. Keeps it from getting rotten. Another thing that salt does is creates thirst. Does your lifestyle and the hope that you show others create a thirst in them to find out more? Do you set the stage for what Peter said is live such a life that folks will see that you're a little bit different and they will ask you about the hope that you have? You know, the world today needs truth really bad. (laughs) It also needs hope. There's a whole lot of moping around going on. A whole lot. Folks are just angry and sad and moping around. It's because they don't have much hope. But you do, fellow Christian, right? Hopefully, you do have hope. (laughs) Maybe we need to do a whole podcast session on how to have hope and what hope is and why we have hope and what we're hoping for. I can give you a real quick rundown of it. Hope in Jesus and spending eternity with Him. And remember, He wins in the end, even though things get really, really bad. We're on the winning side, and that side is with Jesus, so stick with him. But you can have a great attitude and say things like, I know it's going really bad, but things will work out just fine. I know they will. I read about it in my Bible, and so far, everything I have read has come true. Hmm. Try and say that at work. No, really. Try and say that at work. That'll create some discussion. And if they don't want to talk about it anymore, well, that's their loss. But there are going to be some people who want to hear more. They want to know about the hope that you have. And you're to have a ready answer for that. Being able to share the gospel. And you do that by creating a thirst. A thirst for them to want to hear more. That's part of what being salty is. Next, salt stings a wound, doesn't it? You know, it also cleanses a wound. 
It draws out the impurities. My dad used to do that. Whenever I'd give like a canker sore or something, he would put salt in it. Oh, I'd scream and scream and cry, but he'd say it brings out the impurities. It draws it out. It'll heal quicker. So, yeah, it does hurt really bad at first, but it gets better and heals better. Isn't that kind of what the Word of God does? It stings most people at first. You know, they think, oh, it's book of hate and judgmental, and, and it doesn't give them any room to have any fun. It really stings people. Well, it only stings a wound, and if they want that wound to be healed, the Bible and Jesus is what heals. And you can let them know that by being salt in, in your job and with your family and people around you. God's truth, and especially Jesus, stings at first, but it gets better. In fact, it gets way better. How much better? Eternal life better and having joy and life to the full, an abundant life. That's how much better. Here's the next one. Salt kills weeds. Just like the truth kills lies, living a salty life kills weeds. Weeds are uh, well, kind of like an, an idiom for sinful things or lies or bad stuff. Okay, it's a product of the fall. It's part of the the curse when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. One of the things that he brought about was he said, "By the sweat of your brow, you will have to work really hard to to eat, and weeds will pop up." You know, so it makes it really hard to grow things when you got weeds in there. But salt gets rid of the weeds, and one of the things you have to do is point out what the weed is and then put salt on it. You are to be like the salt that seeks out the weeds and kills it. Yeah, If there's lies or wrong going on in the world, you're supposed to point point them out. And your truth from God's word will kill it. Or at least put it to shame. Or point it out, right? At least it points it out. Okay, here's something else about salt, and Jesus refers to this. It has to be pure. Pure salt cannot lose its flavor, and it cannot lose its effectiveness. So you being salty means you have to be pure with the knowledge of the pure Word of God. Not watered down, not added to or taken away from. But the whole counsel of God, it's called, the whole Bible, which is profitable for everything you need in life pertaining to spiritual matters. Second Timothy 3.16, you probably know this, all scripture, okay, so that's all of the Bible, is given by inspiration of God and literally breathed out by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man and woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is pure salt. And when Jesus was referring to this, he said, if it loses its flavor, how does it lose its flavor? How does it lose its saltiness? By getting other things mixed in with it. 
they were by the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is very salty, but it also has some gypsum in with it and a few other minerals. And it's not really useful for much. The salt that comes out of that is not useful for much, except putting down on footpaths or the side of the road. Mark 9.50 says that if salt isn't pure, it cannot regain its saltiness, and therefore it's no longer good for anything, not even for the manure pile. How about that? You need to maintain the purity of Scripture. When you add to it, it gets to where it's not useful at all, not even useful for a manure pile. When you add to the Bible... And we know that there's at least two places in Scripture where it says that you are not to take away from God's Word, the Bible, or add to it, or bad things will happen, (laughs) okay? Here's something interesting. In the Old Testament, you were required to put salt on your sacrifices. When you brought your sacrifice and worship to God, you had to you had to salt it. And a lot of places in Scripture, it says that the priests are the ones who actually added the salt to your sacrifice. Hmm. Kind of like our pastors today teach us or add salt. Teach us the Word of God to enhance or be more obedient with our worship. That's kind of interesting. Leviticus 2.13 says that and Ezekiel 43.24, if you want to read up on those. Here's another thing that I thought was really cool. David's kingship covenant, okay? It was said that David was going to be king forever. Now we know he died, but his kingly lineage goes on forever until Jesus came, and now Jesus is going to carry that on forever. It says that that covenant was sealed by salt forever in 2 Chronicles 13.5. Salt seals a covenant forever. Being salty is that important to God. So when Jesus says, you are the salt, he's counting on you to enhance worship, to make sure worship happens, that your life is a sacrifice being salt of the earth, right? Your life is a sacrifice, just like the Old Testament requirements, and that you ensure or enhance the kingdom of Jesus, which started with David and is continuing through until Jesus comes to this earth. You are a big part of that. You ensure that that happens, and you, you enhance that. Does that make sense? Mark 9.50 says to be and have salt and do so with peace with one another. You don't use your saltiness to beat someone over the head. You do so lovingly. And the, the idea is to have a peace about you when you talk about it. Otherwise, they're going to think you're just another Facebook flamer like everyone else. <laughs> but you need to have peace about it, which we do, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and that is who we follow, and that is who told us to be salty. So we need to have an element of Jesus in with it 
when we talk to others and use our salt. <laughs> Colossians 4, 5 through 6. This is kind of cool, too, because it really accentuates what I just said. It says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That's a great verse, isn't it? Walk in wisdom. And in past podcasts, we've talked about wisdom comes from knowing things, and the knowing things we get from God's Word. And then wisdom is, once you know those things, how to apply them is what wisdom is. Walk in that wisdom. God's Word applied to your life. Living out God's Word. Putting God's Word on like blue jeans. And going to work, right? Towards those who are outside, who aren't Christians, who, are, who you work with. Maybe your friends and neighbors who aren't saved. Redeeming the time. Now that means don't waste or dawdle, okay? Talk to them now. Try and be that salt to them now rather than later. And let your speech always be with grace, which means unmerited favor. Okay, you show favoritism toward them, even though they don't earn it, didn't earn it. Always with grace, seasoned with salt. Great words, great words of wisdom from God's word. That's what seasoned with salt kind of means, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So yes, read your Bible daily, at least a paragraph or a few sentences, and have that be your saltiness, not what you read in the newspaper or what you hear on CNN, although none of you listen to CNN, I'm sure. (laughs) Anyway, that probably offended someone. Anyway, be informed by God's Word. Or take what is going on in the news and apply it through like the lens of Scripture. Or maybe I should just say this. When you're having conversations with somebody, know enough about God's Word to say something from God's Word to add to the conversation. Okay, it may even be quite a boring conversation, but you can add something from God's Word that will bring out or enhance the conversation. It adds flavor to the conversation. And it might even create a thirst in the others to learn more about what you just said. Yeah, it might sting a little bit with some people, but if they really want healed or they really want hope or they really want answers, they'll probably listen to you because hopefully you have a joy and a hope around you that maybe they want to know a little bit more about. Okay, now I'm going to end with Colossians 2, 16 through 17. I'm actually going to just give you my paraphrase of that. Don't be legalistic about your saltiness. And don't let other people judge you because of your saltiness. You know, like what you do and where you go to church. It doesn't matter. What really matters is the substance must be, must be Jesus Christ. When you mature as a Christian, you become more and more like Jesus. 
Now, not being Jesus, but taking on more and more of the attributes of Jesus, the character traits of Jesus. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, listen to the previous podcast, episode 101, which is about the word sanctification. There's another Christianese term that we talked about last time, and today's Christianese term is being salty, being salt of the earth. I hope you learned something, and I hope that you are salt as Jesus wants you to be at your job, at your family get-togethers, at home. Hopefully Jesus will thank you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm.